Understanding how leadership works can help you construct a route for the future, no matter where you are in your career. This podcast is here to help you get started and stay motivated. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Leadership Loading Podcast. Join our host, Jason McLaren, as he interviews experts and shares advice on how to pursue a better life using different tools, techniques, motivation, and encouragement. Because leadership is an uphill climb, this podcast will teach you the ideas, techniques, and process of becoming a transformative leader. This is the Leadership Loading Podcast. Leadership Inspired. Hey everybody, it's Jason McLaren with the Leadership Loading Podcast, and we're with my guest today, Mads Singers. We're talking about effective leadership through behavioral understanding. Mads has uh, had more than 10 years of experience in Fortune 500 companies with Xerox, IBM. He has a coaching and consulting company and helps uh, business owners, especially online business owners, uh, with their business and, and growing their management skills. Uh, something we all need to work on as leaders and going forth from there. So, Mads, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Jason. Awesome to be back. Yeah, definitely. So, Mads is our first uh, return guest. Uh, if you want to hear his first episode, he's on episode 12. And we talked about leadership and learning continuously as part of one of our series back then. So, you can go back and check that out. So, uh, besides that, Mads, tell us a little bit more about your background. Yeah, so I run five different companies. The most fun one and the one where I spend the most time is management consulting. So uh, basically, I spend most of my time basically helping, coaching uh, business owners how to manage the staff effectively, how to hire the right people, the right people in the right places, and how to delegate and so on. Because many, many entrepreneurs have great businesses, great business ideas, but they struggle a lot with that piece. And obviously, my corporate background, I did a lot of that stuff. Um, so that's that's basically my forte and that's what i spent most of my time on so besides that i run a big outsourcing company i have a in-house seo company we do some online conferences i have a big uh, content company where we help a lot of seo and e-commerce businesses produce a ton of content so lots of cool businesses um and yeah it's super enjoyable so definitely and so the biggest thing with leadership is managing people and and I think you talk about how people are the biggest asset, and I think that's it's true everywhere. Uh, when you look at human resources management and, and that sort of thing, it's always uh, kind of an ongoing practice on how we're going to uh, manage our, our teams and, and move forward, especially now uh, we're two years post-COVID uh, starting. Um, and how, you know, how can we work on uh, people management and, and moving forward um, in our leadership style? Yeah, that's... Uh... I mean, the, the, the thing for me is the number one thing really is in so many companies, people are promoted into leadership and management roles without being given the training and support to do those roles well. And the thing is, normally people are promoted because they're great and a great individual contributor in whichever area or department. But reality is being an individual contributor is very, very, very different than being a manager. Like it's a totally different mindset. And Unfortunately, a lot of people fail and it's not because they're bad people. It's not because it's the wrong people, but just like anything, management is a skill to learn, right? And that's why I spend a lot of time putting together like a, like I put together a very, very solid course that, that really focus on what, what I call the A20. And that's really because, you know, management doesn't need to be that complex. Like you don't need to spend years and years and years to get the basic level, but there, there's a bunch of mindsets and there's a bunch of basic processes that just make such a big difference if you get them right. 
Definitely. And you talked about the 80-20 rule. And I think anyone that's been in a leadership position can relate to that. Like you've got that 80% of your staff that takes 20 or sorry, 20% um, of your staff that takes 80% of your time and then vice versa, the, the 80% that, uh, you know, they're, they're autonomous and they can do uh, what they need to do without you having to uh, you know, give them continuous uh, ongoing feedback. Um, so with that, you know, how can we make sure that our business is growing and, and innovate our people to move forward and hopefully get some of those 20% into the 80%? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the essence is really, uh, where, where I see most big business owners struggle, and, and there's a difference, right? So, but but the, the area where I see most people struggle the most is delegation, right? So really effectively delegating is very difficult for most people. And again, the problem is that most people, even business owners, come at it from an individual contributor perspective, right? They, most people don't start a business with a managerial mindset. So they're focused, they start by figuring everything out themselves. They're, they, they are the one doing everything. And that's often the biggest challenge, right? So it's really a question of fundamentally getting in a different mindset where, you know, where, where you put yourself in the shoes of, of, of the business and you're like, what is the right thing to do with the business? Because so many managers, so many business owners, they end up doing all these things that are not worth their time and they're not moving the business forward and they're not adding value, right? And delegation is, it doesn't have to be difficult. Everyone knows they should be delegating, but saying it is one thing, doing it is different, right? And most of the time, particularly online, there's all these gurus saying, you know, you figure something out how to do it. You write it down in process and you give that process to someone to do. And while that kind of logically makes sense, the problem with doing that is that when you're giving people tasks instead of responsibility, you still end up as the spider in the middle. So most business owners, if they hire five people, they're basically sitting and they're doing so much stuff, just managing those five people. And instead of people becoming a resource that frees them up, people end up taking more of their time. Yes, they also get more done, uh, not five times as much by far, but but they get more done. But the whole thing is that when you when you're delegating task rather than responsibility, then you still have to check all the work. You still end up being responsible for everything, and you don't have people taking ownership. You don't have people take coming up with ideas and suggestions, and you don't have people just making stuff happen. And that's that's the fundamental difference, right? Yeah, and I think that uh, some of that delegation. Uh, especially if you have someone that's worked their way up the ranks. I, th I think especially at the beginning of when they're, you know, assigned a leadership role, uh, they they think they don't have that authority to kind of manage the people that they used to be peers with. And and so uh, leaning on to that performance and, and uh, uh, metric mindset that you're kind of talking about, you know, will help them, you know, especially justify why they're giving uh, commands or orders to uh, the people that they're now in charge of. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the fundamental is like, particularly from a KPI perspective or from a goals perspective, it's, it's really important. And this is also delegation fundamentally, right? But the, the problem is most people is like, you know, here's a process, go and execute this process 100 times every day. But, but the problem is when you measure how much you do something, instead of measuring the real output, like the end output, you, you might have someone who's doing exactly what you're telling them to do, and you might not get the results you're looking for. 
So what's a good example? Like in customer service, for example, if you tell a customer service person, you have to answer 100 emails every day. That's the goal. But if you don't have a quality metric, you don't have a, you don't have a clear understanding for them on what the objective is, then if they think, okay, I have to answer 100 emails, like I don't, it's not so important how I answer them or how good they are. I just need to answer 100 emails, right? Whereas if you, if you sit down with someone and say, hey, you know, I'm hiring you to do my customer service, you know, you're going to be responsible for this. We need to answer every email within 24 hours. We need to make sure our quality is great. So, you know, if you have a customer satisfaction rating or something that needs to be above a certain percentage. So if you give them the end goals and make them actually responsible for it, and then you measure you measure the end goals. And if the end goals are not right, then you give them feedback and you work with them and saying, hey, you know, we didn't answer all our customers within 24 hours. How can we improve that? How can we make that better? And what do you need? What, 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 what support do you need to make that happen, right? Yeah, and I think providing ongoing feedback, you know, not just waiting till the end of the quarter, end of the year to look at those KPIs or metrics, uh, providing that ongoing feedback can allow them to pivot throughout the year. And I think uh, most managers that have been in the field or leaders that have been in the field for a while know that, uh, but, you know, people new to the, to the role or, or position may not really understand, like, I need to stay on top of that and, and uh, provide feedback for my team. Yeah, and it's key. I mean, actually, one of the biggest challenges is when you're not talking with people about performance frequently enough, uh, a lot of the time people think it's not so important to you. So the thing is a lot of managers sit down, look performance, maybe monthly. And the problem is if at the end of the month you realize, oh, this month you've not done very well, then you're already a whole month behind, right? And the thing is you're typically already halfway through the next month before you actually have that meeting and so on, right? And the problem is then everyone sit down and you're like, okay, I'll try to do it better, I'll try to do it better. And then at the end of the month, it might be slightly better, but you're still off target. And you know, very quickly you have one, two, three months where performance have been bad. And, and really the challenge is you haven't addressed it early enough and, and effectively enough, right? Yeah, I think some of that is, um, you know, making sure the staff have buy-in and making sure that they understand the goal of the business. And you talk about that a little bit on your, in some of your classes and, and, and your, your talks, but um, how can we, you know, leverage that and, and, and kind of uh, get the staff to buy in a little more on what we're doing? So a couple of key lessons, right? So number one is no one shows up to work to do a bad job. Like no one wakes up in the morning and says, I want to do a bad job. So my fundamental leadership lesson is that if someone is not performing, there's, there's three key areas. Number one, I haven't given them the right training and support. Number two, they don't know what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, or number three, they might not be the right fit for the particular role. That's generally the three things I look at, right? And reality is that so often it's so easy to blame people and it's so difficult for many people to take responsibility, right? Most people have a big ego and it's never their fault. But reality is that, I mean, I look at it. If one of my employees fails, it's my fault. And it doesn't mean it's my fault in the sense that I need to fix it, but it's my responsibility to work with the employee to figure out how I can help them fix it, right? Uh, it's not it's not for you to go and fix things so that they perform it's for you to work with them and collaborate with them right um, I, i'm sure most of your listeners have probably had a, a day job at one point right 
And what I always ask them is to think back and think of how would you prefer people work with you, right? And most of the time is someone sit down, tell you exactly what to do, exactly how to do it. Like no one have become great at doing what they're doing because they've been told, they've been handed a process and told exactly what to do. Like that does not create greatness, right? The way you become a great, not just employee, but a great human being is you try things, you fail sometimes, and sometimes you succeed and eventually you, you understand and figure stuff out, right? Um, and, and that's the process. And, and it, I mean, you can circumvent that a little bit. You can teach people things and you can share lessons, but fundamentally people need to go through some of that. They need to do some trial and error. And you, as a business owner, you can't fix every problem before it occurs, right? Uh, the key thing is that when, when you are working with people and when you're developing people, you want to make sure that, that they're challenged, but you also want to make sure that they feel like it's a challenge they can do. Right. So sometimes you can give certain people too big challenges. You can often give people too small challenges, and that happens a lot. But but fundamentally, as a business owner, it's about looking at your plate and saying, what are the things that I'm doing right now? Like, what are the things that I'm doing this year? What is literally my to-do list this year? And as a business owner, you want to take everything besides like strategic and high-level mission decisions. Uh, anything outside like hiring people that work directly for you and sort of one-to-one sessions with your direct staff, like anything outside that, like you really want to put it down, put it down on a spreadsheet or put it down on a list somewhere and put next to everything you do, who's going to be doing this a year from now. Like, I'm not saying you have to delegate everything you do right this minute, but you need to create a vision in your head that says a year from now, who's going to be doing this? Now, sometimes you can put up a specific name beside it. Sometimes you put a question mark, and that typically means that you probably don't have the person in your company yet. Um, but you need to then share them the vision and say, hey, you know, I would like you at some point, like right now you don't customer service. At one point, I would love your help to onboard future customers because, you know, I'm currently working and I'm currently onboarding customers. But, you know, you're in touch with the customers, you know them well. I would love for you to take over customer onboarding. So you can set these expectations up front. You don't need to say it happens right this second, but you want to set those expectations up front. You want to create an interesting path for your employees so that they understand what are the things you're looking for them to be responsible for in the future as well. Definitely. I think that goes also to um, excessive training or, or train, spending too long training someone because uh, you can kind of get in that vicious cycle of, okay, I need to teach them this, I need to teach them this. But if you give them those general guidelines on, okay, these are our goals, these are our metrics, what we need to achieve for the quarter or for the year and let them just run with it, you know, Barring any kind of regulatory or safety type thing, really, uh, that's when you're going to get your your people that grow the best. And uh, is that kind of the way you see it on, on trying to develop your staff and making sure you're not leaning into it too much? Yeah, 100 percent. And and like, as I always say to my staff, I love giving them big challenges. I love giving them responsibilities. And, you know, when they come to me and like, oh, I'm not sure what to do or should I prioritize this or this? What I always tell them is the same, which is, you know, you're responsible, you have some great people, whatever, whatever way you see it fit is great. Uh, so sometimes the, the discussions I have most often with my managers is around like, what's your priorities? 
you know, what from a business perspective, you know, I, I want to understand that they're clear on what I feel is the priorities for the business and for their department. Um, but as long as they understand the priorities, then I, I don't want to sit and tell them what to do first and second. I want them to figure that out, but I want them to do it on just having a good understanding of what the business priorities are. Right. All right. And if you had to sum up your effective leadership and behavioral understanding in one minute, what would you say? Yeah, so basically my framework uh, covers, I, I'm a huge um, sort of advocate of a sort of personality framework called DISC. And I teach that to, uh, uh, to, well, to all my clients, because again, it's about understanding people and figuring out what people are great for what roles and how to manage people based on their personality. So, so DISC is the starting point. Uh, then it's about effective meetings. So one-to-ones and team meetings, how do I believe they should be run? And then it's a lot about delegation, goal setting, and how to give feedback. And then also very important, how to hire and fire people. So that's basically, when I look at the 80-20, I basically cover that, right? So with my managers, that's typically the kind of courses that I will, I'll get them to go through. And that's, that's kind of lessons. And that's the kind of things I focus on because the, the problem is like with something like management, just like most, most things, right? Like you can focus on so many things. There's so much you can learn, but really, if you get the basics, right, you're going to be better than 90% of the people out there because most people don't get the basics, right? right? Definitely agree. All right. Well, Mads, how can we get a hold of you if we want to get one of your courses or check out your, your offerings? Yep. Uh, mattsingers.com is the best place to hear about my leadership and management. Uh, I also run a, a podcast and I also I, I guest, guest on a lot of podcasts and so on. Uh, you can definitely also find me on social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, etc. I am the only person in the world with the name Matt Singers. So easy peasy. There you go. And we'll put that in the show notes. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much, Jason. Thank you for coming on the show. There are thousands of leadership and management podcasts to choose from. We're glad you chose the Leadership Loading Podcast, a Go Heroes production. If you'd like to support Go Heroes Inc., visit www.goheroes.org. And with that, it's time to wrap up today's show. Thank you so much for listening. We sincerely hope you liked it. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with your family and friends. Let's all grow together. Thanks for listening to the Leadership Loading Podcast. Leadership Inspired.